Hi, welcome to Learn with Sarah Lindsay. I'm so glad you've decided to join me on this journey to a healthy, healed, and whole heart. Hi, thank you for joining me. Uh, This is episode three of the attachment styles and how they hinder. We're taking a look at fear bonds and love bonds and several different attachment styles um, to help us better understand how to live from the heart that Jesus gave us. So if you're participating in this book study with us right now, this is the supplemental teaching that goes along with that. Um, If you are in need of a listener's guide for this teaching, just reach out to me. I will get that to you. If you've not listened to episode one and two yet, you will definitely need to go back and do that. Uh, This information will probably not make much sense to you if you don't have the um, knowledge from episode one and two. So um, with that, we will go ahead and get started on attachment styles and how they hinder. Tonight, we are looking at the first of the unhealthy bonds. Uh, It's located in your listener's guide on page four, number two. It is called a distracted attachment. Now, this is a type A trauma attachment. That means that there has been an absence of the needs of the individual being met. There's an absence, things that they needed in life, such as affection, connection, um, have not been met. So um, a child develops a distracted attachment style when parental attention and care is inconsistently available, and she never knows whether needs, emotional and or physical, will be met. What distracts the parents is their own unmet needs and their ability to respond effectively to the child's needs is limited. They make demands on the child, uh, the child's emotional resources, and or ignore the child based on their own emotions. A lot of times I see both of this, both of, both of these things happening. Um, the parent or the caregiver um, is making demands on the child based on what they want. And then they are ignoring the child's needs based on, again, what they want. Um, Unfortunately, this leads to what we call the distracted attachment. Now, if this is just happening on occasion, once in a while, um, that's just being human. (laughs) If you're a parent and you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh no, I've done that with my kids, you know, doing that once in a great while is is just part of humanity. This, to, to create a distracted attachment, this is something that's going to be an ongoing scenario in the child's life. Now, let me give you an example. Um, so let's say that we have a toddler that is playing in their bedroom, doing their work. A toddler's work is to play. So they're just playing along, happy as can be, and uh, the parent comes in and it takes the toddler away from the play to give them a hug. Says, hey, come here, I want to give you a hug. The toddler pulls away. They want to keep playing, but the parent insists, no, I need you to give me a hug. 
Okay, the toddler gives them the hug, they go back to their play, the parent leaves the room. Now, later on, the, the parent or the caregiver is busy, possibly in the kitchen preparing a meal, um, in the garage doing what they do, you know, working on the car. Um, and the, the toddler comes along and says, I, I need a hug. And the caregiver says, not now, I'm busy. Don't, don't be clingy, don't bother me, don't distract me right now, I'm very busy. And insists that they not stop what they're doing and give the toddler a hug. Now, this type of scenario is really all about the caregiver. It is not about what's in the best interest of the child. Um, the message that the child is receiving is the child needs to take care of the caregiver. Um, you know, you're supposed to stop your work and give me a hug when I need a hug, but I don't stop my work to hug you when you need a hug. It really is all about the caregiver here. Now, what kind of life does a distracted attachment lead to? The child may become anxious and hypervigilant in their efforts to engage the parent's attention. The focus becomes meeting the parent's needs in the vain hope of getting their own needs met. Um, adulthood is characterized by intensity and anxiety over their her own and other people's feelings. This individual may overreact to emotions and wounds or hurts. Um, the overarching theme of this person's life is overwhelmed and over-exaggerated. A distracted attachment style leads to someone feeling constantly overwhelmed and everything appears to be over-exaggerated. This individual will worry a lot that other people are upset with them or that they've done something wrong or both. Um, they will try to hide their insecurity, but basically there is just no peace or strength present in their life. Um, distracted attachment. It's, it's um, very, very, very common. We see it all the time and uh, more and more all the time, to be honest with you, as people are um, totally distracted with um, cell phones and with personal issues. Um, children are kind of left on their own to fend for themselves. Now, a lot of times, uh, physical, basic physical needs are being met. You know, they're getting food that they need to mature physically. They're getting um, stimulus probably from a screen of some sort. Um, they're learning language skills through the, the um, you know, the screen in front of them or through siblings or through um, daycare or whatever the situation is. But the attachment that they desperately need is just not there. It just is not there. It is distracted. It is not constant. Maybe they get it occasionally, or maybe they get it some of the time, depending on how often they get it is going to determine their level of attachment ability that they build, that gets built in their brain to meet that desire that we talked about in episode one. The next attachment style that we will talk about is the dismissive attachment. And again, this is a type A-based trauma, absence of needs being met. 
Um, this is on page five of your listening guide. Uh, number three, dis uh, dismissive attachment. Dismissive parenting undervalues the importance of feelings and relationships and feels annoyed and overwhelmed by the child's needs. The child's perspective, distress, and emotional needs are minimized and dismissed. The relational connections the child craves are unavailable. The child learns over time to similarly dismiss her own attachment signals and the need to attach to other people. Masks are created to fulfill the need of the parent, such as, an act, such as acting like I'm okay when I'm not, overachieving to keep the parent happy, perfectionism, not caring, whatever is needed to self-protect and or to fulfill the parent's needs. Over time, it becomes too painful to keep needing when relief is not available. An example would be a child comes to the parent crying over not making a ball team. Uh, the caregiver says, oh, don't be a baby. Stop crying. You need to toughen up. Um, this caregiver is irritated by the display of emotions that the child um, is, is showing. Um, this is basically telling the child it is not okay for you to feel the way you feel. I'm dismissing your feelings because they're not valuable and they're not important. What kind of life does a dismissive attachment lead to? The child may become lost in the masks and the coping mechanisms that cover the attachment pain. These masks are a substitute for attachment, and they become attached to the coping mechanisms instead of a person. So, for instance, um, the mask of perfectionism, the child may become an extreme perfectionist or even a mild perfectionist um, just to cope. They will attach to having things done perfectly and that's where they will get their sense of joy and confidence from instead of from the community around them. Now, um, this, uh, this individual that's grown up with a dismissive attachment may become scornful and dismissive of their own weaknesses and needs and those of other people. No one is allowed to have emotions or needs. Um, because humans must attach to something, attachments turn to non-relational activities such as performance, rebellion, food, video games, sports, substances, etc., etc. Really, anything can become a um, non-relational attachment. Because these activities are inadequate substitutes for relationships, they are imbalanced and, and can become destructive. Remember, though, it's never too late to be healed and restored and redeemed. It is never too late to attach to God, Trinity style, and to others in a secure way. Don't forget that. It is never too late to go back, get the knowledge and the, the help that you need, and learn to, to form the attachment. All right? Now, on to number four, our disorganized attachment style. And this is the last of the attachment styles that we're going to talk about. 
Um, this is a type B trauma attachment. It is connected to bad things happening in your life. Um, an individual that attaches through a disorganized attachment style um, has had some traumatic things occur. Um, disorganized attachment occurs when the parent is both the source of love and the cause of fear and harm. The child needs the parent's affection and even food and shelter, but is afraid to come close because the parent is scary and unpredictable. This results from emotional and or mental and or physical abuse that alternates with displays of affection or remorse. What kind of life does a disorganized attachment lead to? The child becomes fearful, depressed, angry, and hopeless. These feelings linger into adulthood, and the uh, individual is drawn to love, but also fearful because love hurts. This individual may be drawn to and even marry someone who will repeat the pattern of alternating affections and abuse. The emotional and relational life can be unstable and unsatisfying and hinder the individual's ability to navigate life in a healthy way. Disorganized attachment creates the worst of double-mindedness. Um, in the scriptures, James chapter 1, verse 8, says, being a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. What this is talking about is, um, is exactly this type of individual. They, um, the double-mindedness is not because the person doesn't want to change. It's that they cannot begin to understand the love of a heavenly father that is 100% for them. They've never experienced that. And so this really divides the personality. It divides the identity and it divides the thought processes. It leaves everyone untrustworthy and full of fear. Love and fear have come from the same relationship, making attachment completely disorganized and insecure. Disassociation may occur. Memories may be hidden, but feelings and emotions are present. Or feelings and emotions may be hidden, but memories are present. Or any combination of, the, any combination of those. Attachment pain is real. We talked about this earlier, but I just want to reiterate this. It is real. It is not imagined. It is not only necessarily mental or emotional. It could be both. It can even take on physical effects of the body. It really affects every area of your life. God can and will heal it if we will allow him. Um, now, something, a practice that is really great to take up is to go in and read scripture from an, an attachment perspective. It changes so much of what you think you know about scripture and about the character of God um, and also what he is looking for in his children. Now, the question for you to take to the Lord as you look back over this material in the days and weeks to come is, Jesus, 
What do you want me to do with this information? What do you want to do with this information in me? How do I apply this information? Help me to see the areas where I'm stuck and need help. Um, Help me to, to know who to reach out to for the help that is needed. And um, Lord, just make other resources available to me to walk me through the help that I need. So that is your responsibility in these um, in this uh, type of teaching. It's you get the knowledge, you get the um, the information that is needed, and then you start the practice of applying it to your life. Uh, the Lord knows the way. You can trust Him to show you exactly what is needed in this time, in this season. So um, that concludes the teaching on attachment styles and how they hinder. I hope that you have um, learned quite a bit about different types of attachment. I hope that you've been able to maybe pinpoint some holes that need uh, filled in your own life and uh, those lives of those that are around you, um, people that you can display a loving, secure attachment to and possibly just give them a hand up that would um, help them to get out of one of these other attachment styles. So um, once again, um, it's really important that you catch all three of the episodes and listen to them consecutively. Um, I have a listener's guide with all the information available on it. If you're interested in that, just reach out to me and I will be happy to send that over to you. And uh, if you would like more information about doing the study of living from the heart, uh, again, just reach out to me and I have ongoing groups doing this study um, a couple of times a year. It's a really great study. Um, It helps you learn how to grow into the maturity that is needed to live out the the purpose for the life that God has created for you. So um, good information. I hope that you've uh, learned and enjoyed walking through this teaching with me. And um, I appreciate you listening.